This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Can't touch this. No way. Herschel Walker, they're not stopping him. Yes, they're trying. They're getting very, very desperate. Um, But it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Everybody's got to get out and do their thing. But Herschel Walker, he almost has this locked up, even though they're desperately trying. Who came forward this week? That national joke of a lawyer, Gloria Alred, with yet another person claiming victimhood who is no victim. In fact, I don't think this person, who did not have the nerve to show her face, actually, I don't think she's ever even met Herschel Walker. Um, Listen. Herschel Walker says he is against women having abortions, but he pressured me to have one. I am coming forward now because I saw Herschel deny the allegations by another woman who claimed that he had paid for her abortion. I'm sorry, but this voice, and I've listened to it a couple of times, I just, this is not the voice of a football fan. And Herschel had a lot of fans. (laughs) This is not one of them. No way. Herschel denies it, and I believe him. Well, I'm going to just say right now, you know, guys, I'm done with this foolishness. I've already told people this is a lie, and I'm not going to entertain to continue to carry a lie alone. And I also want to let you know, I didn't kill JFK either. And right now, they sent him one after he got crushed at that debate. Now the Democrats are doing, say, whatever they can to win this fight, to win this seat. But I want them to know they don't know Herschel Walker. They don't know that uh, I'm from right here, Georgia, and I'm going to win this seat. <laughs> yes, he is. I do believe. And right now, President Biden, Chuck Schumer, all of them huddled, talking about Herschel Walker, very worried, and they're convinced themselves that he's going to do it. He says it's hard to believe that they will vote for Herschel Walker. No, it's not. We like what he stands for. And we see what you're doing. And again, this cheap trick with Gloria Allred, who's always representing people who claim victimhood, but just made bad decisions. I mean, she represented those. uh, Remember when all those people came out and said things about Tiger Woods? You know, it was never alleged that he forced himself on them. These people hooked up with him. I'm not sure about Maureen Decker, what her role was, but how about Amber Fry? She was the girlfriend of Scott Peterson, who killed, they say, Lacey Peterson. I, I, I don't know why she needed Gloria Allred, but there she was together. Uh, she is Madam Frivolous Lawsuit. Oh, this one. Uh, fired by an employer for being too hot, so she alleged. When it's silly, there is Gloria Allred. Now, look, all this attention on Herschel, quite frankly, we don't believe the allegations and uh, makes kind of a lot of us like him more. 
And what about his opponent? He escapes scrutiny from the mainstream media, but not us. This Raphael Warnock guy, he's right up there with Jeremiah Wright when it comes to ministers. Uh, take a look. No matter what happens next month, more than a third of the nation that would go along with this is reason to be afraid. America needs to repent for its worship of whiteness. Worship of whiteness. Okay. And then there's this. Uh, some of it might have a point, but the, the lead is all wrong. America, nobody can serve God and the military. You can't serve God and money. You cannot serve God and mammon at the same time. America, choose ye this day whom you will serve. Uh, he's a little carried away with himself. Uh, you can't serve God in the military. Well, tell that to these soldiers. Tell that to the active duty believers around the world right now defending America. Uh, you can believe and serve God and serve in the military. You know, it's a big country. 300 million people live here. And it's very easy, I believe, to come up with somebody to make a crazy allegation, especially just a, a couple of days before an election or when somebody really important is about to get confirmed on the Supreme Court. I always go back to Christine Blasey Ford. Remember that stunt they pulled on all of us? Right. We had to stop and watch those hearings. I think they went on for a week. Wall to wall coverage. This person didn't know the house, didn't know the place, didn't know the time, didn't know anything, had no evidence, but made an allegation against a man whose whole life was perfect up until that moment. No, no. And all the headlines, everybody believed her from the left, actually. They wanted to believe her. They wanted to stop Kavanaugh at all costs. It's amazing to me she had no evidence. And Tara Reid, who made a very credible allegation against Joe Biden, that when she was working for him back in the early 1990s, that she was sexually assaulted by then-Senator Biden. And she actually worked for him. There's evidence. She was there. It's documented. Here's part of what she had to say, mostly ignored by the mainstream media, but this, this is evidence. He had his hands um, under, underneath my clothes, and um, it, was, it happened all at once. I wanted to say stop, and I thought it. I don't know if I said it, but sometimes... You know, when I ha I've had a couple bad dreams or a few bad dreams about it, I wake up yelling that. I wake up yelling, stop. Is it conclusive evidence? No, but this is evidence, and it should have been investigated. And again, she was there. She established herself as an employee of Joe Biden. Documentation. Uh, her mother called into Larry King Live. We have tape of that. And Joe Biden was asked about this in one interview by a friendly interviewer, and they made sure they also talked about a whole heck of a lot of other topics. We have to ask you about this, two questions, and then they moved on to world affairs, your vice presidential running mate, all that stuff. They took care of him. They coddled him. They helped him in the cover-up. And they continued to do that for him and for his buddy Fetterman. Now, Fetterman, we all know, had a disastrous night the other night. I mean, it doesn't get worse. 
It really does it. But, you know, I thought everybody knew this. Everybody saw it. Well, not true. And the media are trying to cover it up. Aspects, parts of the media are. The newspapers in Pennsylvania didn't make any mention of his obvious ailments. They just blew it off. And uh, even one newspaper in Philadelphia said he won. The Philadelphia Inquirer said he won the debate. Well, we know that's not true. Um, Fetterman, the cover-up is not working, all right? We can all see the issues, but they tried to cover it up. Um, they've succeeded partially. With Joe Biden, they succeeded in totality. Remember, they kept him in the basement. Everybody went along with it. And during that big debate, the two debates, actually, on stage, where we finally thought we'd get some answers, what did the moderators do? They protected him. They protected and coddled Joe Biden. And by the way, well, wait, he didn't get three and a half million dollars, Joe? Mr. Vice President. He got three and a half million dollars. It is not true. Oh, really? Mr. President, it's it's an open discussion, please. It's a fact. Well, you have raised an issue. Let the Vice President answer. My son did nothing wrong at Burisma. I think he did. Mr. President, let him answer. Matter of fact, Matter of fact, Mr. even the President, people who testified under oath. So let me ask you this. Henry, no, no, oath. go ahead, Mr. Henry, I'm listening to you. And his son, his brother, and his other brother are getting rich. They're like a vacuum cleaner. They're sucking okay, up money. President every Trump, thank you. We do Not need to true. move on. Go back and look at the records. He tried to hurt Social Security years ago. All right, let's move but on. I'm going to move on. Let me, they Mr. President, I have to move week, on to the next question. They say or the stock market will boom if I'm elected. If he's elected, the stock market will crash. Okay, let's move on to the next question. You mean the laptop is now another Russia, Russia, We all saw this, right? Every time he got some momentum and he was asking him about personal corruption issues, they stopped it. They deflected for Joe Biden. Now, yesterday or earlier this week in that Fetterman debate, I got to hand it to the the moderators. Yes, uh, there was a lot of things they didn't like, I didn't like. They weren't respectful of Dr. Raz, but... They did not relent when it came to Fetterman. They treated them like any other candidate with follow-ups. You have not released your detailed medical records surrounding your stroke. Mr. Fetterman, will you pledge tonight to release those records in the interest of transparency? You have 60 seconds. Uh, To me, for transparency, is about showing up. I'm here today to have a debate. Follow-up, I didn't hear you say you would release your full medical records. Why not? You have 30 seconds. You have made two conflicting statements regarding fracking. In a 2018 interview, you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. I never have. But earlier this month, you told an interviewer, quote, I support fracking. I support the energy independence that we should have here in the United States. So, Mr. Fetterman, please explain your changing position. 60 seconds. Uh, I've, I've always supported fracking. I do want to clarify something. You're saying tonight that you support fracking, that you've always supported fracking. But there is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking. Joe Biden could have been exposed the same way, but they chose to protect him. And now, look what we have. Anyway, things are about to turn, and I think it's going to be magnificent. Everybody has to get out and vote. And oh, by the way, keep your eye on the so-called feud between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis. Uh, They're trying to create a big wedge between these two guys. 
It is a complex relationship, but uh, more when we come back. All right. I don't know if the new Congress, when they take power, can stop this kids and drag stuff, but it has to be stopped. It's happening in public. It's inappropriate. It should be illegal. This 11-year-old is performing on a stage. It's a boy dressed in girls' clothes, and adults are all over the place, and some of them seem to be getting a little perverse thrill by the whole thing. See, uh, everybody get up and dance. This is Old Nick's Pub somewhere in Oregon. Um, the people don't like this. And oh, by the way, the dance moves are not impressive. They just they think that all they got to do is dress up in women's clothes and the clothes do all the work. I think this is one of the reasons why a Republican just might win the governor's race uh, next week. A Republican is in the lead right now, uh, barely. But that is the lead. And that is uh, very significant in in Oregon, in a place like that, the Pacific Northwest, these drag things, I don't get it. I don't want to get it. I don't think that children should be participating. Do you? Here's this little girl tipping somebody in all leather. I mean, this is this is just this is just not right. We all know that. What about Dustin is amazing or Desmond, whatever his name? Uh, again, another person who, by the way, they're just they aren't even good dancers, uh, whether they're adults or little kids. Uh, they just kind of you know, saunter around and walk and uh, show me another. Look, the adults, too. The adults are no better. This is not talent right here. This is just vulgarity. This is cheap. Uh, you know, we know what good dancing looks like in America. I watch that show. America's got talent and America's got real talent. Let's see some of that. Yeah, pump up the volume. Uh, this is good dancing. The other stuff stinks, and uh, we don't like it. However, our political leaders really do seem to like it. Uh, Lori Lightfoot, for one. What's it called when a woman dresses in man's clothing? And a man, uh, I, I don't know what that is. that drag in reverse? But there's Lori Lightfoot. Oh, by the way, she thinks she's doing such a great job, and things are tough for her economically. She deserves a raise. To be clear, the ordinance that was introduced today would put... Um, the mayor, uh, the city treasurer, and the clerk in line with all the other elected officials regarding a cost of living increase. It's not a salary increase. So I want to make sure that's clear. Um, and it puts it puts us in line uh, with the, the alderman. It would not go in effect until uh, 2024 um, at that point. And each member, the mayor, um, the clerk, um, and the treasurer would have the ability to opt in or opt out. What does that mean? It's not a salary increase. Take a look. We broke down the numbers for everybody and she would get uh, more money, I, I, whether it's salary or not. It's in her pocket. Another big city mayor also has been clamoring for his raise, a raise his entire political career. Eric Adams. There he is on a trip somewhere. He dresses. Yeah, he, he's bold when he uh, puts on his clothes, but he's always been about the money. Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. We deserve more money. We deserve to be paid for the job we're doing. I deserve a raise. Profound words from a statesman, right? Show me the money. 
That's what it's all about. So true for so many politicians. I remember when this guy, they told me, oh, he's reasonable. Oh, he's pro-law enforcement. No, he's not. He's, an, he's not smart. He's an egomaniac. And uh, he's a radical in his, yeah, look at this, these uh, drag monsters. That's what I think I'm going to start calling them, drag monsters. Those who dress up in uh, women's clothing, who desperately want to be around children and come to them in school and read books. Those are drag monsters. And Eric Adams thinks they should be allowed to come to school. Drag storytellers and the libraries and schools that support them are advancing a love of diversity, personal expression, and literacy that is core to what our city embraces. This was supposed to be Mr. Reasonable, right? No. This year alone in New York City, 25 people have been pushed onto the subway tracks. This is crazy. All right. And by the way, ridership is way down. That number is at an historic high. It's fascinating, though, how the media cover this. They don't. They minimize it. They make excuses for what's happening. Watch this at our gubernatorial debate the other night. Crime and public safety are one of the top issues in this race. You've promised, if elected, to invoke a state of emergency on crime and suspend several laws, including bail reform measures, in order to improve public safety. But our state's Division of Criminal Justice Services, which tracks statistics, says that it's too early to draw conclusions, pointing out that in 2019, prior to bail reform, the rate of rearrests of people out on bail in New York City was roughly 19% and remained statistically the same at around 20% in 2021 after bail reform. DCJS, this division, of course, maintains the DNA database, administers the sex offender registry and the missing persons clearinghouse. My question is, if you become governor, would you make policy despite the agency's findings? <laughs> There's no problem, uh, according to the government. The government says it's doing a good job. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's the mentality. When it comes to protecting Democrats, they are all in the media. We know what's happening here. Crazy madman on a rampage in a McDonald's and they're out of jail within three hours. This is happening. It's the new reality. And Lee Zeldin, I hope, is the next governor of New York. Take a look. Well, listen, you ask the will of the people, they want to see reform. Even Mayor Adams says that judges should have discretion to weigh dangerousness. I don't think that if you're two Mexican cartel drug smugglers busted with $1.2 million worth of crystal meth, that you should just be instantly released on cashless bail. Now, Kathy Ockel supports cashless bail. As soon as it got implemented, she was out there bragging about it. She chose the champion of the defund the police movement and the architect of cashless bail, Brian Benjamin. Yeah, that guy who got arrested and had to resign. That was her first big decision to make him the lieutenant governor. We need to repeal cashless bail. We need to repeal the HALT Act. Amend raise the age and less is more. We need to make our streets safe again. I'm running to take back our streets and to support unapologetically our men and women in law enforcement. Enforcement. This is about all of us together, Republicans, Democrats, independents, as New Yorkers, to make sure our streets are safe again, to make sure our subways are safe again. This is our opportunity. Two weeks from tonight, we can continue with the status quo where they believe they haven't passed enough pro-criminal laws, or we could take control of our destiny and make sure law-abiding New Yorkers are in charge of our streets again. Good for him. And it really could happen. It could happen. Democrats, the media working desperately to prevent it. And they're also being very mean to one of our favorite members of Congress, Myra Flores, Republican of Texas, 
native-born Mexico. She was born in Mexico, a Republican, elected just this past June. Uh, we think she's great. Uh, first came to our attention when she was elected, and it was noteworthy that she was born in Mexico. Uh, very cool. And remember when Nancy Pelosi shoved the daughter, her little girl? Did you? <laughs> Unbelievable. What's the problem, you snob Nancy Pelosi? Given that poor girl a shove. Well, what an amazing family. An amazing family. And again, uh, native born uh, of Mexico. Born in Mexico. And that's great. That she came here legally. And she uh, believes in America. You got that, George W. Bush? We like this kind of thing. If you were to describe the Republican Party as you see it today, yeah. how would you describe it? Uh, I would describe it as isolationist, protectionist, and to a certain extent, nativist. Yeah, well, I think you're a rhinoist and a fake war starterist. I don't like this man and uh, what he has said about the Trump movement. It's all personal with this guy, believe me. Myra Flores is a hero, and we don't care, quite frankly, where she comes from. It's amazing, truly amazing. All right, do me a favor, stay with us. We've got, ooh, Bob Woodward. Oh, boy, the worst guy in the world. Trying to take down President Trump again. Watch him fail miserably when we come back. Is that the fake news just doesn't get it, do they? So when President Trump was in the White House, he was unafraid, obviously, of the fake news um, and was quite open with them and gave them extraordinary access and didn't mind if they recorded anything. He had nothing to hide. And the fake news now thinks that all of these tapes are incriminating and they're horrified by what Bob Woodward recorded. Bob Woodward doesn't get... America. No. And he certainly doesn't understand Donald Trump. Uh, listen to uh, this bombshell. Do you have any sense that that privilege has isolated and put you in a cave to a certain extent? Is it put me and I think lots of white privileged people in a cave and that we have to work our way out of it to understand uh, the anger and the pain particularly black people feel in this country. Do you no, you, you really drank the Kool-Aid, didn't you? Just listen to you. Wow. No, I don't feel that at all. I think the president is supposed to worry about Americans, not white Americans, not black Americans, Americans. And I think it's very healthy that President Trump saw America that way. Bob Woodward, to this day, is on the fake news all week talking about just how horrifying a picture this was for him. He never makes uh, that move on the racial justice issue. I say, come on, uh, you're white privilege. I'm white privilege. Don't we have to understand the anger and pain of black people? And he just snaps it off. Oh, you're drinking the Kool-Aid, the Kool-Aid. And we go back to it. And he's so confused about his responsibility, first as a human being, but as president, to understand other people. 
other people, I mean, you know, the the pain and anger of black people is so real. And he's just, oh, to raise that, you're drinking the Kool-Aid in this dismissive way. Yeah. Uh, Bob Woodward speaking for all black people. What does he know about anything? And yeah, there was a lot of Kool-Aid going around in 2020 right after George Floyd was killed. Absolutely, absolutely. And what about how the government functions? Bob Woodward's never worked in government. He was in the military for about 10 minutes, uh, but he thinks he knows how it should all go down. I found in my assistant that you have what they call kind of a shadow system on the phone of calling people where the intel people don't know. It pisses them off. Is that correct? I don't know if it pisses them off. Okay, but you do. But I get better intel the way I do it than I can ever get from other people. Okay, but you do have a a shadow communication system. I talk to people. Okay. I mean, I do. The intel people and a lot of people in the government don't like it. I don't know if they like it. Uh, I know they don't like it because they don't. Okay. Uh, I want them to do their jobs. Uh, If you think I'm happy with intel after what I went through with Comey, who's a a stupid guy, a very stupid guy. But when I have Brennan, I have Clapper, I have Comey, I have this scum that I have to deal with, that the remnants of it... And there are many other people I could name, but I won't bother naming them right now. And then I'm supposed to say how wonderful our intelligence is. I don't think so. That's not going to happen. He's absolutely right. All those guys, they were out to sabotage his presidency. The intelligence community, huge chunks of it. They leaked all the time transcripts after transcripts of phone calls that he made to the leaders of other countries, Australia, Mexico and beyond. Uh, And on these calls, you know how many people were actually listening in? Dozens of staffers, people like Vinman, those characters, uh, Fiona Hill, dozens of people listening in. Who needs that? And actually, it's not in the Constitution. No way. Bob Woodward, he loves the swamp. He thinks this is all good. He does not understand the responsibilities of the president. You can reject what the intelligence community tells you, but you want to listen to it. And he's off, uh, you know, running an off-the-books operation to deal and try to understand the world. He's the president of the United States. These analysts were not elected. The Constitution says nothing about the Central Intelligence Agency, the National Security Council. It says a whole lot about the president, and he has every right to pick up the phone. I was actually surprised to hear that the president, when he gets on the phone normally, that there were all these staffers listening in. Who needs them? All right, one more thing. Um, Look, it's a complicated relationship between... The president, President Trump, and Ron DeSantis. But uh, I think they went a little overboard on MSNBC. On Sunday, the former president will travel to Florida for a rally with Senator Marco Rubio. But one notable absence, 
Governor Ron DeSantis, not mentioned in Trump's email announcing the rally. Uh, Ron DeSantis is in Donald Trump's way. And so Donald Trump will be a child and a bully uh, and move him out of the way. If anyone he is very, very, very scared of Ron DeSantis in that Ron DeSantis might actually do better than him in a 2024 presidential election. And that just scares Donald Trump. <laughs> it's personal with her, too. Uh, take a look at this poll. Uh, there's no way Ron DeSantis is going to get the nomination if Donald Trump seeks it. No way. Uh, DeSantis also is a bit of a copycat when it comes to Trump. He has studied Trump. I don't blame him. Uh, take a look at this. Look at how intently Ron DeSantis is looking at Donald Trump. He's looking and he's learning. Uh, we'll see what happens. I think Ron DeSantis will be president someday, but he's only in his early 40s. There is plenty of time. And to the crew there at MSNBC... It's okay when people of the same party disagree or are rivals. Remember the situation between Joe Biden and Kamala, which I understand persists to this day? So that's decision. where the federal government must step now, in. That's why we have the Voting Rights Act. Preserve the civil rights of all I have people. supported the okay, ERA okay. from the very beginning when Vice I ran President Biden, 30 seconds. Look at that. They hate each other to this day. I wonder who made Joe Biden pick her. Interesting. All right. When we come back, the future attorney general, we think, from Arizona. His name is Hamaday. We'll meet him in a moment. You know Carrie Lake there on the right in the green blouse, but the guy at the podium, do you know about him? His name is Abe Hamaday. He's a Republican candidate for attorney general in the state of Arizona, and he's doing very well. He is, uh, well, in polls, he's got a pretty commanding lead at this point. Let's meet him. Abe Hamaday, welcome to Newsmax. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me on. You bet. All right. So uh, looks like you're going to be the next guy. What do you want to do as the attorney general of Arizona? Well, you know, there's so many issues to tackle because the Democrats have gotten us into this mess over the last two years. But, you know, luckily you just saw me and Carrie Lake. We're working really well together and putting the fake news media out here in Arizona in their place. But you know, the number one issue, which the media, so the, the legacy media does not want to talk about, is our border crisis. When I was just down there a few weeks ago in Yuma, you see the number of illegal immigrants crossing in the thousands coming from China, every single place on earth, blocking our southern border, and they're just walking into the arms of law enforcement. And then what we see is the drug cartels also running operations with those who are camouflaged, evading law enforcement, bringing the fentanyl into our communities, and it's destroying and killing so many people. So I'm going to work with Governor Carrie Lake on day one, classified as an invasion, classify the drug cartels as terrorist organizations, and have enhanced sentencing on them. So we're going to get tough, but also just having the backing of our law enforcement officers. I mean, what we've witnessed over the past few years, Democrats have legitimately called to defund the police. You know, and it's scary. They, at one point, they called to abolish ICE. You know, this is where I'm always going to have the backs of our law enforcement officers. So you know, it's scary times we're living in, but we just, want, we just have to return to common sense leadership. And that's what Carrie Lake and myself will do. Hey, tell us a little bit about yourself. I understand you were in the Army for uh, several years. What was your job and where did you go? 
Absolutely. You know, this time last year, I hadn't even announced my campaign for attorney general. So it's been a, a rocket ship ever since. But, you know, last year I returned from a 14 month long tour to Saudi Arabia, actually, in the United States Army. It was quite interesting because, you know, look at all the mess that we're in in the Middle East right now. You know, President Trump respected, understood, you know, the geopolitical nature of Saudi Arabia in that region. That was his first country he visited as president. And under this administration, you see that relationship so strained. I mean, you're seeing reports of Crown Prince MBS literally laughing at our president, our current president right now. You know, so this is where just a few years ago, we had peace in the Middle East. And now we have a war in Europe. We're begging Germany for baby formula. It's unsustainable. You know who this guy Rusty Bowers is. Now, the fake news worships him. I, quite frankly, he rubs me the wrong way. Uh, he's pretty convinced that the election was totally legit in Arizona. I want to people will recognize this guy when we show you uh, here he is. I'm not exactly sure where this is from, but it's a pretty consistent message from him. Go ahead. Former President Trump references a conversation uh, in November 2020 in which he claims that you told him that the election was rigged and that he had won Arizona. Anywhere, anyone, anytime has said that I said the election was rigged, that would not be true. All right, look, uh, I have my concerns about the election, especially in Pennsylvania, Wisconsin. Where do you fall on the situation in Arizona and what can you do as attorney general to make sure nothing funny happens the next time? We have to clean, clean up our election mess, clearly. I mean, I was serving overseas in the 2020 election and I tell folks I voted by email. Right. I mean, I, I literally had to print off my ballot from a computer, fill it out, take a photo of it and then email it to the county recorder's office. And when I got back here just this time last year, I had multiple mail in ballots in my mailbox. You know, it's unacceptable. They're not cleaning the voting rules. But look at what we're just discovering now. You had Mark Zuckerberg the other week on Joe Rogan admit that he worked with the FBI to suppress the Hunter Biden laptop story. That is election interference. That is a rigged election. Here in Arizona, we had an Obama-appointed federal judge extend the voting registration deadline by three weeks when he had no authority to. And the Ninth Circuit, which is a liberal circuit, struck him down because it was unconstitutional after 10 days. But in that time period, we had 30,000 new voters added to the voting rolls. So, you know, if you look at the, the hoax, it's the Russian collusion hoax that they perpetuated for years and trying to say that President Trump was an illegitimate president. president. That's where we have to push back on this narrative by the fake news. Hey, um, I hope you don't mind me asking, and it's certainly not a limiting issue. Uh, some of our best leaders started out pretty young, and you've already served in uniform overseas. You were a prosecutor. Right. But how old are you? I'll be thir I'm 31 right now, so I'll be the youngest attorney general since Bill Clinton. So don't don't oh, hold that against me. That's <laughs> right. That's right. 1974 or so in Arkansas. How about that? Well, we wish you all the luck in the world. You seem like a great guy. And uh, these are great priorities. And uh, thank you, Abe Hamaday. Trump endorsed, as he mentioned, and as we see on the sign. Good luck, sir. Thank you. All right. We'll be right back. All right. He's one of the funniest and smartest guys in America. You can find him on iHeartRadio. Mark Simone, welcome back. Uh, hey, I don't know if you know it, but um, uh, there was a hot mic, a mic open, and they had that little conversation on the tarmac in upstate New York. Biden, Schumer, and the rest. Did you hear it? Yeah. Even in a hot mic and a terrible gaffe, Schumer's still dull, still boring. You don't care <laughs> what he says. Well, it looks like he's trying to fool Joe Biden, really convince him that uh, they've got some momentum when they don't. Uh, let's take a look. 
Picking up steam in Nevada. That old, that's a real, you can really sink your teeth into that one. It's vague on purpose. Maybe he's right about Pennsylvania. I mean, well, was the Fetterman performance kind of covered up by the mainstream media? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if you want me to analyze that, you're going to need a whole team of psychologists to analyze those two guys. The two worst politicians, two biggest liars talking to each other. Uh, that nothing, nothing, they, they will never admit anything that's true. Fetterman was an absolute disaster. Even the CNN doctor, the medical analyst, said it was scary to watch. Morning Joe said it was, uh, he's clearly impaired. It was a disaster, a total disaster. And you notice they wouldn't call Oz Dr. Oz. Jill Biden, the community college English teacher. You have to call her doctor, but they wouldn't call Dr. Oz doctor. That is such a disgrace. You're right. So, okay, some of the mainstream media conceding it, but moving on real fast. And a lot of the newspapers in Pennsylvania actually came out, didn't even mention anything about uh, Fetterman's issues. And one, the Philadelphia Inquirer went so far as to declare Fetterman the winner. Uh, hey, let me run this by you. Joe Biden talking about getting extra, extra space, uh, you know, extra leg room on a commercial flight, which I don't think he knows anything about, but uh, take a look. Some airlines, if you want six more inches between you and the seat in front, you pay more money. But you don't know it until you purchase your ticket. Look, folks, these are junk fees. They're unfair, and they hit marginalized Americans the hardest, especially low-income folks and people of color. He's trying to make a race issue out of the extra legroom thing. And what is he talking about? That's not a junk fee. It's the one legit thing that you can actually, you know, you get. And it's even not that much money. Well, there isn't all this racism that he claims there is. And he's, even he's run out of racist things to point to. Charging extra for something is racist. So, uh, you know, if you ask for extra cheese on your pizza, is this a racist thing? I mean, I, and if you're that poor, I don't think you're flying around on airlines all the time worrying about baggage. But uh, he's just run out of racism. He's, he's the worst race baiter in the world, the most divisive guy in the world. Even Bob Woodward said he was divisive. So he's just got to stop this. Mark, we are coming up on the midterms. It looks like Democrats, uh, they are in serious, serious trouble. This could be a red wave like we've never seen before, maybe 1994. Uh, what's your outlook right now? I think it's a huge red wave. I think it's uh, a pick up uh, dozens of seats in the House. They'll end up with 54 uh, seats in the Senate. They'll control everything. You know, the Democrats, last time around, they picked these wild uh, left-wing uh, AOC squad type. That was their trend. This time the trend is, uh, I don't know where they're going, into hospitals to find people. Fetterman, Biden is bumping into walls. I, I, this trend has got to stop. People that are, just came out of the critical ward, it's not good. Mark, one other thing, and I hope the Republicans, if they take back the House and the Senate, I don't know if it's in their purview, but this obsession that is rather, I don't know, overnight, but it's here to stay, it seems, with the drag uh, queens, women dressing, men dressing up in women's clothing and then going out there and dancing in a very mediocre fashion. And it's really disgusting and awful when it's children. But even the adults, when the adults do it, I notice they're not good dancers. Where did this come from? 
And how the hell do we get rid of it? I mean, you can't pass a law. Well, maybe for children, but I don't get it. Like, look at this individual. That's not good dancing. Yeah, maybe the Bidens have some deal with some uh, clothing line or something or some uh, women's store to sell clothing. I don't know what this is all about. I guess they gave up on January 6th and everything else. Now they're pushing this stuff. Uh, All of this, all of this is going to turn off most Americans. And I think they've had enough. I think America is just going to say enough in about 12 days. Mark Simone from iHeartRadio. We appreciate it so much. You can find him. The podcast is amazing. Good luck. Great to see you. Thanks. All right. We'll be right back. If you've had it with the old news and the same spent, well, then Spicer and Company's your place for the inside story and for the facts that you need to know. Hey, is this true for real? Elon Musk owns Twitter. I mean, look. I was fooled a couple of months ago. I was excited. Then it turned out it wasn't true. But it's true. Elon Musk officially takes over Twitter as CEO and CFO leave the building. The old ones, they are gone. And Elon moved in. I thought this might have been a prank. It was the real deal. Video of him moving in yesterday with his stuff. Uh, What is that thing he's carrying, by the way? Is that a computer? Is that a... Looks like a sink. I don't know what the hell that is. What? It's a sink. He's a... Well, these billionaires, they're kind of bizarre, but eccentric. Uh, it works for them. And it works for us. This is a good thing. Issue one, uh, give Trump back his Twitter account, okay? Also, if you don't mind, regarding my Twitter account, let's see. I lost uh, 200,000 followers in the weeks after January 6th. Not an insurrection, by the way. It would be awfully nice if I got those followers back. And you lifted my shadow ban. But most of all, Elon Musk, thank you. Elon Musk is a force for good in the world, I do believe. And this is a major step uh, for free speech. Also this, uh, I said some things about drag uh, queens earlier. Look, I just don't want the kids involved. That's the problem. If you want to be an adult and dress up in uh, anything you want, that's fine. Uh, But it's not an appropriate environment for children, okay? And oh, by the way, I think you guys can improve your dance moves. I mean, this is, there's nothing, yeah, this is dance. People know what dance is. And if you look at that drag queen uh, just jumping around, uh, you know, not doing anything, here, here she comes. Where, where, why is that person so excited? Where is the big one? Where, there, there. What is the big deal? Nothing, nothing. It's a little bit grotesque. All right, anyway, enough of that. Thanks so much for watching, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow night. All the best.